This is Suzanne Koster of, of John Logan Noon. We're talking today with Illinois State Representative Kelly Cassie from Chicago's 14th District. I just finished a busy session in Springfield where budget talks were front and center. Good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. Where does the state's legal cannabis sales factor into the budget? There's a lot of retail sales of cannabis, and, and we're just wondering. The, the total that I found was from the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation, and mm-hmm. they said $147.5 million were sold. How does that work out in terms of revenues? Within that, that period to April 20th, um, there was $30.5 million in taxes brought in. Um, and that was our first chunk, really. And, and there's a, a much smaller portion that comes from medical, about 5.7 million uh, in that same time period on, on the lower tax rate uh, for, for patients. At a time when so many other businesses aren't open and aren't operational, it's a, it's a revenue stream that's definitely catching people's attention to, to see how strong the market is here. In your view, are revenues meeting, exceeding, or disappointing expectations? And what are, what are your projections? We're pleased with the outcome at this point. Um, it it was hard to to guess what we were what we were going to see because you know we also expanded the medical uh, marketplace at the same time and and opened it up to a lot more patients. Um, so it was tough to predict who's you know where where people's uh, purchasing behaviors were going to land. Um, but I, I think that we've, we've probably got a little bit of a quarantine boost in sales. The numbers have held steady month over month. Um, so it's pretty strong. So it sounds like they're definitely meeting or exceeding. I don't think anyone is, uh, is uh, concerned that we're not, that we're not uh, seeing as robust a market as we could. I think that uh, we do have supply, supply issues. Um, so I, I think that it, it can and will be better. As the as those supply chain issues work their, work themselves out, but again, that's something we've seen in every state where you do have shortages, and it's just got to settle out. To the extent that taxes shape behavior, do you think the current tax structure makes sense, or should they be higher for some products and lower for other products? Is there some fine tuning that still is to come? I believe so, um, and I think we need a little bit more of a. We, we need a little more data before we know for sure. I was someone that was pr- a proponent of a lower tax rate, you know, and one of the compromises that came about was something that hasn't been tried in other states, which is the, the different tra- tax rates for different intensities or different, different concentrations. And so I think a lot of folks will be looking at that to see how that played out here. Um, but I, I believe that there will come a time when we'll have to adjust the tax structure especially when you look at how much lower Michigan's is just across, just across the way. So the other thing I was wondering too, in terms of that structure is social equity and how, how that factors in. Is there any evidence that taxes are being paid more by lower income people versus moderate or high income? Or is there any disproportionality that you've seen? You know, we don't track purchase information in that way. So there's no, there's no, um, and actually, that was very intentional uh, from a privacy perspective. Um, the, the pay, uh, 
uh, consumer data isn't captured in that way. Patient data is because of the, the, the higher limits and things like that that they're able to, to purchase. But um, adult use consumers, there's, there's no record keeping of you know, any sort of demographics. When the revenues are collected, where do they go? Do they go to a general fund? Are there special programs, uh, certain percentage to certain programs? So first and foremost, you have to fund the regulatory program. So that, that comes off the top. You have to, that's something that we learned very early on in our research um, from, from states that preceded us. You know, don't skimp your program. Don't, don't, don't give the program short shift. Within that, then, you know, we do have um, some buckets, if you will, to um, distribute the funds within. A, a certain percentage does go to the general revenue fund, a little bit to law enforcement, public health and, and prevention training kinds of things. 25% goes back into communities disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. That's the R3 program. And those grant uh, notices just went out, the, very, the first round of funding opportunity for the, the, the R3 program just went out, I want to say last week, but time is a little hazy. <laughs> Might have been two weeks. I know they were waiting for that for a while. They were yeah. just applying and waiting for the results. And, and well, and that's, that's something else altogether. That is the first round of social equity applicants. Oh, okay. So, so those are, that, that is the, the licensing program that we designed to bring more diversity and inclusion into the, the cannabis industry here in Illinois. Um, so that's one piece of it. The other piece, what I referenced here, is a share of the revenues that will go back into rebuilding communities um, through a, a community-driven grant program. Um, and that's 25% of all the tax revenues. So you mentioned Michigan. So how do Illinois uh, cannabis-related taxes compare with other states? We're in the middle to high middle uh, as you compare around the country. Um, you know, what we, we also took the cautionary tale. We saw in Oregon, we saw in Washington, they had to come back in pretty short order and lower their taxes. You know, I hope we hit a sweet spot, but I, 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 I am prepared to say that we need to reduce them if, if need be. And what's next? November would be our, our next regularly scheduled session um, for, for veto session. So that would be an opportunity to revisit. I mean, there was a cleanup package that, that uh, failed to advance last week in our truncated session. And so, you know, there were, there were lots of, and none of them were earth shattering, um, but lots of cleanup pieces, uh, everything from you know, businesses having trouble uh, getting through the, the employee badging process so to the point that it takes five weeks to onboard an employee, trying to streamline that, untethering patients from their dispensaries so that they can more easily access their medicine, working out and codifying the language around licensing tiebreakers uh, that has to be done before those uh, social equity licenses can be let, giving options to the existing um, early uh, programs uh, that are in communities that have opted out of adult use that want to move and, and, and access, uh, be, be able to, to participate in the adult use market. So lots of, lots of piece uh, were, were in this omnibus, um, some tax structure stuff, some very, very dry <laughs> pieces um, that are needed just for the operation of the program. So it, it's important that we um, get folks on board and educated about what, what's really in that package to ensure that we can enforce, enforce against bad actors in the cultivation side, all sorts of things like that. I was wondering also, what's the political landscape on cannabis taxation? Is there a split at all between Democrats and 
Republicans or Chicagoans and downstate? I don't think so. I mean, I do when we when we have our working group meetings and those are bipartisan, bicameral. Um, I do I do catch some grief from my Republican um, colleagues when I when I'm arguing for lower taxes and they tease me about it. We all really look at the data in the same way. Those of us who've been working on this for a while and and acknowledge that you you just as a state you need to find your sweet spot and uh, and and ensure that you've got a, a well regulated, well operated program. So you are arguing for lower taxes because what we know when you legalize in a new marketplace, um, you're you're immediately in competition with the illicit trade with the street markets, yeah. and you know they have the ability to compete on price where we really can't uh, in in the legal marketplace. Takes about five years to habituate folks into the legal marketplace. High taxes are one of the barriers to that to making that shift. Is there anything else that you're working on and related to this issue that you'd like to mention? I'm eager to see the the um, the new licenses released as soon as you know we're we're sort of out of this emergency situation. You know, I've been looking forward to it. It's a little little bit like Christmas morning. You know, you want to see what it what it, uh, what the results of all the work were. So, you know, I'm eagerly uh, looking forward to that and, um, you know, continuing to see this industry grow and mature here in our state. Well, thank you very much, Kelly. Thank you. Good to see you. So this is Suzanne Cosgrove reporting for John Lothian News.